to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. If you don't like what we say, then don't like what we say. Don't throw a flag for it. You know, that's what I'm sick about this league. You know, this is supposed to be a man's game. Be a man. And that's what this is, you know. These guys like that work in this league and work on this field, and we have to deal with it. You know, whatever. It, it was a terrible call. They've had terrible calls all game. I don't care what the league says. I don't care what Roger says. It's the truth. If you don't like it, get the hell out of here. Get the Ooh. hell out of here, Alex. Wow. Says, not how it, that's, we all felt that way. That's in the locker room right after yeah, the game. He's passionate. Um, so yeah, that's probably not the best time to stick a mic in somebody's face. But I, he Ooh. pretty much echoed probably every single 49ers fan's frustrations oh, yeah. after that game. Thanks everybody for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers Radio Show. I'm Brian Peacock. Right next to me is Nick Weekler. You can follow him on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. You can find me at BD Peacock. As always, the show's on Stitcher. Uh, the show is on iTunes. Subscribe, mm-hmm. review the show. Let us know how you feel about it. You can find us on Instagram at Gold Faithful Podcast. Uh, you can reach us by email, goldfaithful49 at gmail. Phone calls, text, send us a message, Do give us all. a rant. Yeah, four one five eight five eight zero zero nine four. Wherever you like to, we, yeah, we put ourselves out there. However you like to contact us. That's the way we want We've you to We've given do you many avenues in which to reach us. Please right. let us know, even if you, even if it's just a dislike. That's fine, too. Hey, that is totally fine, too. We mentioned it in the open. So many penalties. Uh, the worst the worst one of all was the roughing the passer on Quentin Dial, right? I mean, that was oh, horrible. By far, by horrible. Far. And he got fined for it. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's appealing it, and I'm sure he's going to win, because when you look at it, that was the worst call ever. I was so mad. So the fact that the NFL doubled down on it, yeah. So you would, I, I was backing ex- up their guys, right? You're, I, I'm expecting the opposite. We'd be like, you yeah. know, maybe that we'll take a look at that. Maybe it wasn't an ideal penalty call, but no, they said, oh yeah, he really, like I said, he really screwed up. Showing and here support. Is, here's a here's a fine for their part time employees. Ugh, that's pretty unbelievable. That's awful. We're gonna talk more about that with David Facillo of Niners Nation later in the show. Also, Ryan Covey of KNBR, who is a lifelong. Bears fan, yeah, so he knows take. a little bit about both sides of this thing, working in the Bay Area media as well as being a Bears fan, so we're going to talk about that matchup coming up at the end of the show as well. But the referees, look, it's it's over-officiating is what it is, and it they is. have a really big problem because it, even if you just take the, that game out of it, this is a long-term problem, they have to do too much with the speed of the game that's way too fast. Right. Um, I kind of look at, look at officials like quarterbacks, so... You know, the game moves so fast. Some people are better than others at this. You can't ask these guys to do so much over the course of a game. In other words, you can't expect every crew to be full of Joe Montana's and Pete Manning's and Tom Brady's, right? You're exactly uh, right. You're going to have your Bubby Brister's in there and yeah. your Cody Pickett's <laughs> and, um, you know. Your Jim Druckenmiller's. Your Druckenmiller's, right. So don't ask them all to be perfect because they won't be. It's not going to happen. can't be and you can't review everything and there's too many stoppages. The only thing you can do is throw less flags. Yeah, that and for me, I'd really like to see every play reviewable. I, I get so upset when it's like, that play is not reviewable. Well, why not? You know, you've got the replays. Why can't we review it? And the coach has too. If yeah. you want to waste it on that, go, yeah, go right let ahead. Him, let let the coach it. decide what he wants to review. And Another what. thing. Bring in more refs. What's the problem here? Why well, not put a couple more guys on the sideline? You really have a better view of the game on TV, so have somebody up in the booth. So yeah. it should be quick. Ref goes to the sideline, talks to the guy in the booth's like, yeah, no go. Six billion dollar a year industry. Get a couple more really of so- these part time employees in a, in a or booth. Or how somewhere. about make these guys full time employees yeah. and work during the week like the players do. Right. And game plan and figure out I love it. what they need to do to be better at their job because you can't have this. You don't buy a ticket to a game. You don't tune in on TV to no. have the refs decide the game no. for the teams. You don't. Right. 
four penalties on defense in the red zone in that one drive. That was just so frustrating, and they just kept stopping him and stopping him and stopping him. And another flag, and another flag, and another flag. <laughs> I was just getting so irate. Oh, it's, was... it's so frustrating. And I, I don't. Some of those pass interference calls. Yeah, a couple were all right. He but didn't you, turn the, his head. The, the offensive that. player doesn't exactly have a right to go through the defensive player. Agreed. On, if on you're one in those under, position, yeah. On one of those underthrown balls, it's not a flag if if the defender is in between the the ball. I'm with you, man. And the 100%, pass catcher, hundred percent, right? yeah. But really, the bottom line is, it's frustrating because when a pe- when a penalty doesn't get called, it's like, yeah, bummer. You know, there's the delay game non call and the cards last drive, but that bothers you so much less mm-hmm. than the the bad call. Yeah. Yeah, you're so I'd exactly rather right. them miss more than it's like you know it's like with the uh, prisons you, you don't want an innocent man to go to jail yeah. right you'd rather have ten guys go free it's that kind of a situation yeah they 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 just can't just throw the flag all day long it's ridiculous dude I could get so worked up on this and we'll get more into the Arizona game but let's let's bring on our first guest that's right it's my pleasure now to bring on David Ficillo he is the editor at NinersNation.com he's a big piece of SB Nation. The 49ers blog there, the probably the best place to go for Easily. 49ers information online. You no, can no. find him at Niners Nation on Twitter. Fooch, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's we, we've we've been getting into this referees thing, so I, I, we should probably finish this thought. Yeah. And so <laughs> we listened to uh, Alex Boone's rant just a second ago as we opened the show. Um, what what just what I mean? Everyone's dislikes it and think that they did a terrible job with this game and actually that crew got demoted apparently from a primetime mm-hmm. game to the Patriots game um what like what do you think you can be done about this what fixes the the officiating problem and it's it's around the league it's not just this one crew in this one game well i think part of the issue is uh what you can review i i honestly think that you can maintain the same number of cha- coaches challenges but because the, you know these guys are human, they're going to miss things. I I, I completely I actually understand why the flag was thrown. I'm not surprised by it because in the heat of the moment, you see the guy's head snap back, yeah. and you just assume what happened. But the issue is that you should be able to review that. And so what it should be is that either every single play should be reviewable, or you know plays that where it's you know it's ten yards or more, or penalties are at ten yards or more, so, you know anything really. And again, you, you still limit to you know two or three challenges each team, and you know the 49ers would have challenged and they would have won. So it sounds like the NFL was kind of doubling down on that though, because they sent dial a, a a fine for that place. I would have thought it was the opposite, so right. maybe they wouldn't have won a challenge like that. But I totally agree; they should be able to challenge those plays. I mean, so did did, did the league just say, okay, the flag was thrown, so here's a fine, or do you think they went back and looked and verified, yep, this deserves a fine? Yeah, you know, from what I understand, from what I learned is that uh, on personal fouls, uh, the, the fine is automatically sent out. It's up to the player to fight it. All right. Okay. So kind of like kind of like parking in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well exactly. put. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, David, we uh, we all read your stories on NinerNations.com, but one specifically stood out to me. It was about the 49ers and their inability to get three and outs on defense. I mean, you, you just it's not just three and outs, too. I mean, it's just third downs in general uh, on offense as well. I mean, they went 0 for 9 against Arizona. It, is this, you think this is on Tom Sula? Is it on the, the coordinators? I mean, what what's the problem right now with, with third downs? Yeah, it's, I mean, on offense, I think it's easy to figure out in that the, the biggest issue is that they're not, you know, they're setting themselves up on third right. long. And um, we're going to have an article tomorrow. Our, one of our one of our guys, David Newman, broke down uh, some Blaine Gabbert tape. And the interesting issue that he found was that 
his the the the, the length of his uh, passing attempts on third and short, and basically anything under third and eight is actually is longer. Like his, the the actual depth of target is longer than his passes on third and eight or longer. So mm-hmm. that actually seems to and and based on the film, it, it appears it's more of a play calling issue right. as opposed to a uh, as opposed to playing Gabbard, you know, throwing short passes. And so on offense, well, at least you're you know you're getting the situation where you've got these third and longs, and you know teams in general are going to struggle more on third and long than they are on third and short. And this offense is not exactly built to uh, you know to, to really. <laughs> crack down on that kind of on that kind of play right so speaking of Gabbert I mean he it's it's obvious that he likes to throw to his tight ends that's oh, yeah. something we've seen from him I mean back to his college days he's not necessarily check down Charlie but a lot of stuff you know very short a lot of screens um, a lot of tight end stuff that's how he looked in the preseason as well so that's not surprising but um, he's shown a little bit more down the field than I expected and it, at this point he's playing much better than Kaepernick did do you think he just fits what Jeep Christ is trying to do, or do you think we've got a starter here? Do you think we've got a backup? Some fans are, are sort of talking like he's a Steve Young-like career resurrection, um, but I tend to think he's a stopgap for whoever's drafted in 2016. Where are you at on Blaine Gabbert? I think he's. I think stopgap is probably a good way to describe it. He's signed through next year, and I, you know, just based on a very small sample size of three games. I, it, it would not be the end of the world if he was a starter next year while they groomed a, a long-term option. I think you know one comparison. It's not you know it's not exactly apples to apples, but as a put you know not, this is not really a Steve Young resurrection. It's more like maybe an Alex Smith resurrection where you've got a guy who you know struggled coming out of the gates, playing for some bad teams, and potentially is figuring out you know figuring out things out as he's you know gotten further into the league. And you know again, there, there's a lot of differences between Blaine Gabbert and Alex Smith, but. You know, I, I kind of look at Blaine Gabbard as, as a guy with, you know, 2011 Alex Smith-type qualities. I like that. I, I can definitely yeah. see that. Yeah, that works. Hey, let's talk some Jim Tom Sula here. Uh, we opened our, our show last week with uh, Tom Sula talking about, hey, guys, go get him. You know, uh, don't be scared out there. But yeah, it's just I feel like it's just conserva- conservative action after conservative action, just play calling, you know, punting twice in that game late down the stretch. Is it me or does it look like he's coaching scared? Well, it's weird. I mean, it's, you know, on the one hand, it does seem like they're they're overly cautious. But then, I know Matt Mayoko had an article about it, like on those punts uh, that that the uh, that the analytics folks they you know they have a a bit of a hand in that, and so mm-hmm. these are potentially plays that were that that the front office approves of. So I sure. don't know. But again, I, you know, it's, these are these are the kind of things where we're left to speculate because obviously nobody's going to go on the record with this, right? Of, you know? So it might be like a, a predetermined chart that they have. Yeah, like, oh, this is a punt decision. Yeah, I think, and I think they wouldn't be the only team that have that. There's mm-hmm. other teams that, have, you know, those, those, those placards that, you know, you see coaches covering their mouths when they're talking on the, on mic stuff, those have a lot of those things. They have, you know, it's it's the two-point conversion chart. It's, it, it's really right. no different than that. Obviously, you know, obviously people want to make a big deal about it, but, you know, at the end of the day, you, you're talking about, Looking at numbers and looking at statistics to decide on probabilities, and so yeah, it's it's it, you know like I said, no different than the two point conversion chart. Right, and one of those things that the probabilities don't talk about because they're taking a lot of data in, into a, account, but what they don't take into account is what's happening right then. Um, who you're, who's in the game for you, who you're playing against, who's tired, what's your record? Yeah, do you do you think <laughs> that you've been killing these guys on the left side? There's one right. guy who's gassed, and you know you can get that one yard on the left side of your offensive line versus a certain mm-hmm. matchup that you like or a certain passing play that you think you like. There's a lot of stuff that goes on there that I think has to be on the head coach. Right. And I think just some guys are better than that than others. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think that's why, you know, we, I, you know, anybody with half a brain knows that analytics are valuable, but not everything. Um, I, I, you know, and I think that's the big thing is, is balancing the analytics with, you know, the proverbial eye test and what's going on in the context of the situation. It's all, they're all just little tools that you use to, you know, to figure out the situation. Yeah, you know, I've been the biggest uh, maybe supporter on this podcast of Jared Hain. I have just I've been <laughs> shouting from the rooftops to get him in there, and, and then I and I see Bruce Ellington, and he back to back fumbles in week eleven and week twelve, and I'm yelling at the TV, bring back Hain. You know, and obviously no no one can hear me when I'm doing that, and I sound like a crazy person. But your daughter can hear you. Yeah, and so I wake her up from her language, naps please. when I'm yelling. Yeah, that, that's always good. The wife loves that. Um, but yeah, I mean. Ellington reportedly on on thin ice on punt return duties. Is that the case? Well, yeah, I'd, uh, I mean, it makes sense. You know, he's fumbled each of the last two games, and uh, Thomas Vieira, the uh, special teams coach, mentioned that you know, yeah, he can't fumble anymore. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, that is an issue. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it makes sense to try and get Jared Hayne in there, but at the same time, Bruce Ellington is a guy. Part of the problem is they they don't use him on offense, so I don't understand what they're trying to figure out with him if they're right. only using him as a return man. So it's not, you know, it's one thing to normally I'd say, well, Ellington's a young guy who, you know, they need to figure out what they have with him as well, but they're mm-hmm. really not using him as anything other than a return man. Well, they're not using any backup running backs either. Sean Drone was in on almost every play, right, or every single snap this last weekend. Right, so, right. yeah, you bring in Hayne, you can at least get some third down. Maybe, maybe his pass protection hasn't gotten any better in practice. Maybe that's why we're not seeing him. Well, yeah, and I think that that is an issue. I mean, pass protection is an issue that you have to that absolutely has to be factored, and that's probably why yeah. uh, Drone is getting more playing time than even you know than Kendall Gaskin because yeah, you know the team may be competing for a draft pick, but you also have to keep your quarterback alive. Mm-hmm. Right, and at some point that's that might be the most important thing. Right, and the and the the win or the loss is kind of down the list of of factors when you're trying to to get out of a season and, and not hurt your. Second quarterback, and you know, I don't think right. we want to see the McBLT show. I don't. I, right. I'm not too interested <laughs> in seeing that. Look, the 49ers are getting into that portion of the schedule uh, that looks a lot less daunting than the first dozen or so weeks. Um, do you have a prediction on how things will go down Sunday? 49ers have been terrible on the road, but Chicago, while playing better recently, still a five and six team, seemed like a winnable game on paper. Yeah, I mean, it, it does look like a winnable game. I mean, the Bears have been playing a lot better lately. Uh, they've won, I think, three or four, and I think they've covered the spread in four of their last five. And so they're, you know, they're they're looking better. Jay Cutler and Adam Gates are working really well together. And, you know, I, the, the defense is, is still a work in progress, but Vic Fangio is, is obviously a good coordinator. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, figuring out the emotional aspects of the game are always hard to figure out, but you just have to wonder if Fangio and Gates, you know, they've got that little extra incentive to, to kind of put the screws to the 49ers. You know, I, I really I got to get your opinion on this. Uh, what do you think about the Catwoman outfits? Of course, I'm talking about the 49ers black cheerleading outfits. Yeah, no, outfits. you know, I mean, <laughs> they work. They 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 work. They, <laughs> they work indeed. <laughs> I, I like them better than the on field 49ers uniforms. You don't like the the black with the the gold helmet. I don't like the number situation. Okay, I don't it's like not being able to tell Garrett Selleck from Vance McDonald. Yeah. They uh, should have gold trim around them. Right. Ooh. Gold trim around the numbers would really clean up a lot of that. Mess. Let's put this together. Let's, let's put together a letter. We'll send it into to management. But the same thing, I've always been more of a maybe a traditionalist yeah. in this sense. It's like the you know, the Packers are yellow and green. The mm-hmm. 49ers are gold and red. You know, there's like yeah. there's certain Where things the that black come from? you shouldn't mess with. You know, there's teams that are black. The Raiders are black. 
Keep that crap on the other side of the bay. You know, that's kind of where I come from with a lot of this but stuff. But then you see the, the cheerleading outfits and they don't, they come together. It's a package deal. Well, they could wear the same thing, but a different color. I suppose. Because they just never worn that type gold of. Gold or red? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like whatever that faux leather thing they had going on. They could do that <laughs> in works. all gold or all red. That'd be fine. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you? I I really don't care to be honest with you about no. uniforms all that much. I which is why I don't like it when they deviate because it's like that's what you are. The You're drawing attention to that. Our show's gold faithful. It's not black faithful, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, don't. it's all just it's all just to make money. Don't oh really oh make yes, money. exactly. I have no yeah. doubt. I, mean, I just don't want to see it go to the uh, Oregon Ducks where they have like one, one thousand and fifty eight different combinations right, that they could use over the course of a season. They and, need to start selling those trilling outfits. Right. I'm sure, and, they can make some money there. And also get off my lawn. That's what it boils down to there. Uh, hey, Fooch, what do you think about the coaching staff? Similar to quarterback, in my opinion, like, you know, if the right guy is there, you must try to upgrade. But change for the sake of change isn't necessarily the answer. So in that case, if the 49ers can't get somebody really great, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to move on from Tom Sula to somebody else. Do you see a potential candidate out there? Uh, where do you think Tom Sula is at in 2016? He'll, he'll get a, he'll get the start of the year. They're they're not. I mean, barring them losing every game by fifty the rest of the way, he's going to be the coach to start next year. Now, I don't know if he actually makes it the rest of the season, but he'll he'll be the head coach. So I, I I haven't really paid any attention to. I mean, I you know obviously always keep an eye out to see who's who's going where, but they're they're you know they're they're not bringing in another coach this offseason. Hey, you know, Fooch, uh, Daniel Kilgore saying he's ready to go. He's just waiting for the uh, for the go-ahead from management. Um, they have to make a decision by Monday on what to do with him. Do you do you have any prediction what's going to happen there? Um, you know, honestly, I don't really. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I think uh, it makes sense to get him back out there and give him, you know, give him a few weeks to kind of get some get 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 kind of some work in sure. before he heads into the offseason because it's been over a year since he last played. But uh, you know, I, it's. It's weird. I mean, I I think I am leaning towards them activating him, but honestly, they they there's been not a single whisper about it. Huh. Yeah, it's a little bit worrisome. I, I, yeah. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. I was thinking, well, if it's if it's been all this time and and the window is open for him to start practicing, he still can't practice. It sounds like something. You know, there's still something more wrong with him, and it's a major injury. And that you know, sometimes guys don't come all the way back. I mean, we've seen that happen before. It might be a situation where Kilgore's never going to be the answer. Well, at this point, too, I mean, what, what's a win really going to get you? I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, wh- why bring back Carlos Hyde? Same sort of situation. I think it's different with Hyde because Hyde played the first five weeks of the year and, and, has, and it's not the same, you know, he's not coming back from a devastating injury in the right. same manner, whereas Kilgore hasn't played since, what, you know, a year ago. Over a year, over a year, you yeah. know, it's been 12, 13 months, and then you're going to head into the off season for another eight months. So you Get know, real I mean, rusty. Yeah. yeah, and so I, I, it makes sense. I, you know, if it, it, it don't, I mean, if it, if his ankle's 100, percent then you put him out there. If it's not 100, percent then you don't. Right. Yeah. It's not like you're talking about a Pro Bowl center either. He's right. just a guy that we're hoping is a little bit better than Marcus Martin. Well, Martin is the worst he, in he the NFL, like, so it would be tough. <laughs> Gilbert was one of their better offensive linemen last year before he got hurt. So this is not some guy, you know, Mar- and Marcus Martin is pretty close to one of their worst offensive linemen this year. So that, it's a big swing. Have you had any, heard any whispers about any of the other offensive linemen, Brandon Thomas, Ian Silverman, mm-hmm. some of these guys getting a little bit of run towards the end of the season? Uh, no, not really. I mean, like I said, Thomas and Silverman are just kind of there, I don't yeah. really know. You know, it's, it's weird. Yeah, they're just Thomas. Just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of much. Yeah, that looks like another 
punted draft pick Ugh. by Trent Baalke, who has fallen quite a bit yeah. in the last few seasons. I mean, there was so much talent that you hoped we'd see right now, and, uh, man, it's just not happening in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it's hard to tell. It's hard, you know, it's one of those things where some of these guys are starting to come around, and, you know, he, you know, he's coming off a bad free agency class, but he's generally done pretty well in free agency, which is obviously part of the picture with him. So, right, this is a this is a big offseason for him. I mean, he's got a, this is a, you know, with all these draft picks, I think they've got, they're gonna have something like twelve or thirteen draft picks. So you've got, you know, this is, this is sort of the make or break offseason, and by you know by the end of next year, we'll kind of know what what his status is. Right, and especially if this is the quarterback offseason. Right. So if you throw everything right. in on the first round quarterback. But then you almost have to let him give him a couple years, live that out too, sure. the life of that player. So yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see how not only the players and the, and the roster looks, but the coaching staff of this offseason. Exactly. That is David Ficillo. He is the editor at Niners Nation, SBNation.com. You can find him at Niners Nation on Twitter. David, always great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks a lot, Fitch. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we referenced the Thomas McGahey quote. Yeah. From uh, the, the media session today, and I actually have the audio on oh, that. Perfect. I, wanna, I want you to hear this. You put the ball on the ground again, yeah. That's just the reality of what we do. You know, it's you look at the kid at uh, New England last <laughs> week. He ain't got a job. So, you know, just if Bruce was standing right here next to me, I'd say the same thing. It's no different. It's, you got to take care of the ball. Everybody got a job to do, do your job. I like it. That's not only did he say, "Yeah, you got to catch the punt." We're, you know, he's that was a threat. Good was in a practice. Straight up he's like, "Other team cut the dude." So, <laughs> so what do you think we're gonna do? That's I, yeah. that was straight up. That Good. you don't hear the cutthroat stuff. where, like, catch it or you're not here anymore. Right. And if you hear him speak that way, you kind of understand where Hayne got in the doghouse real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Drop a punt, mm-hmm. th- th- and that's it. Yeah. So. Um, Muff a punt, you get a punt punched out from behind. Yeah. yeah. I don't want this to be the reason Hayden gets on the field, but, I mean, is that the only way we're going to see him? We're the opposite. Question is Whatever, it takes. Draws <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah, okay. So I want Hayden. You're you're just all about Jared Hayden, even if it means Ellington has to be cut. What else? Do, I mean, Ellington's not exciting. I What That's else do we, what it, else do we want to see on the field here? And he's not making plays on offense You're not either. winning football games. You're not going anywhere this season. Come on. Right. This guy's a work in progress. I get it, but give him some game speed. Come on, <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. Thank I, you. That'll make him better. Yeah, playing on Sundays will make him better than just playing on Wednesdays. Playing as scout team, as, scout the, team. as the other team. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're right, man. Uh, what, if, if, do you want to talk about anything else with this Cardinals? I mean, game? you know, the, one of the, my biggest pet peeves is, is when you get sacked on third. And you know, in short, and you're in field goal range, and you get sacked, and you're out of it. That happened on the opening drive for the 49ers, and I just felt like from there it was just oh, downhill, downhill, downhill. But, you know, they got a little life in the second half. That was a lot of fun to see. Right. Uh, but that was brutal. You can't. He, he looked for the quick pass. You saw it. He stepped back. He looked. It wasn't there. He took another step, and then he got sacked. I feel like you got to get rid of it right then. Right. And it's kind of like the uh, the Packers game was because the defense did their job. Yeah. And that's a high power offense. Over and over and over. And the offense has to put some points on the board. It does. Even if they're just field goals, that's not ideal. No. But you got to score. And too many times it's been red zone problems. That's been a long term thing. I've mm-hmm. been I I'm blue in the face talking about the red zone. Yeah. It's been terrible for the 49ers that's for years. Bit. Yeah. Um. And just sustaining drives because yardage looked good. It did, you know. It and did. 
when you hold a team that's that good on offense to that few points, you have to put some points on the board, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was nice Bradley pinioned it inside the 20 at the one, actually, right there. That was that was beautiful. But, I mean, they had the two turnovers in the first quarter. That was just – you can't do that against a right. team like Arizona. And they also – Brock dropped the interception. I mean, the clear cut – you know that, and they ended up getting a field goal out of that. So I mean, so, it's it's a big swing, right? And both of those first two turnovers, the the Bruce Ellington muff punt yep. and Gabbert's interception, which is the worst pass he's thrown as a Forty Nine er. That was it was bad, just funky, just it funky and short. I don't know, maybe it was like a a misread with him and the receiver or something. Yeah, but maybe Patton ran a bad route, just threw a little fluttery. Yeah, it was there yeah. wasn't much on that ball, um, and so that gave Arizona great field position both times, and also you could have taken points off the board with the. The Brock interception, yep. so that's three huge it's a big swing turnovers, basically it is. three free possessions for points. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned Gabbert Levin as tight ends. How about Vance McDonald? His last two games, ten catches, hundred thirty six yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, it's beautiful. An- another touchdown, but another drop. Yeah, yeah. He- he's, he's not, not a natural pass catcher. No, he's not great. He's not, but he's definitely shown what he can do, what he can accomplish. You spend the off season, get get on the jugs machine, dude. Be JJ Watt. Yeah, you I know. I don't know, man. Don't I don't see it. a long-term future with Vance. No. I, I like him. I like the way he plays. He uh-huh. plays hard. Um, he's not afraid to hit people, but he just kind of has you – know, he's like a chicken with his head cut off a little bit. I, maybe he needs some Adderall or something. I don't know what's going on. He needs to focus. <laughs> but, yeah, dropping the ball, and I, I just don't really see it. And I like him as a backup player, but, you mm-hmm. know, as a number one tight end, I think you have to upgrade there. Garrett Selleck's looked a lot better. He has. But to well, me, yeah, he same, got carted off, though. Well, yeah, he, he got hurt, which is unfortunate, but he looks like a number two tight end yeah. as well. Uh, Blake Bell getting some I run. I was impressed. Developing. He's he obviously big. Um, yeah. He needs to hit the weights. He's, he he's still looks thin. like a former quarterback, yeah. more so than a tight end. He looks like a, a slow wide receiver. Right, yeah. yeah. So And he's big, and it looks like he has some natural hands, something you sure. can't really say about Vance McDonald. But... Um, there some developing there, but I think you also have more of a number two, maybe mm-hmm. an inline tight end. Hopefully he uh, is, is bulks up and, and becomes a pretty good blocker. But he's not going to, you know, he's not going to uh, break any teams down the seam and like really, you know, he's not going to be no. the guy like Vernon Davis was or like a, like a true number one tight end that you want as a, as an option that can really right. hurt hurt you. And but he's, I like the guy, I like the player. But again, so we have a, a bunch of number two tight ends is what I'm saying. So that's still a position that, you know, with all our other needs, when you look ahead to the offseason, right. I, I think if you have a number one tight end that you can bring in, I think you still have to do it. All right. What about running back? I mean, I, I like Sean Drone. I, I like what I'm seeing. The yards per carry, not great. But, I mean, the guy had five more receptions. That's 17 receptions in three oh, no. games. I, there's nothing I don't like about Drone as for what he is. He's not supposed to be the feature guy no, right he's now. No, he's not. he's been forced into duty. What I would want to see, and Mike Davis is sort of uh, – you know he's not a game breaker, but he's more of a physical type of a runner too. So you have that in Hyde. You have all three of those guys. I expect back next year. Um, Hayne is obviously who knows that's Big a wild card. Mark, yeah. So what I would expect is them to bring in more. You know I, I think Reggie Bush was the right idea. The he right was kind but, of player, right? Right, but, but not Reggie guy. Bush, like a, a, a rookie. Bring a young player, in. right? And th- this doesn't have to be a high draft pick. This can be a mid mid late round guy, just someone with some speed, someone who can probably do a little bit on special teams that can catch the ball out of the backfield, bring right. an element of uh, quickness and big playability. Yeah, and so you you can pair him with Drone or be a change of pace with Hyde. So if Hyde goes down, you have you have a couple of options there, and so that's what they need is just a little. Well, bit I mean, of maybe juice. maybe that's Drone next year. I mean, he, he he's proven that he can pick up. 
you know, the blitz. He's proven that he can catch it out of the backfield. Right, right. He, he looks quick. He looks elusive. Like, maybe maybe he is the third down back. Well, Who he knows? would be the number two guy, yeah. absolutely, from what I've seen now. But just, just another guy with some juice, another, you yeah. know, a smaller, quicker guy. You oh, know, yeah. Your like traditional... a Kendall Hunter. Like a healthy Kendall Hunter. Right, yeah. It's Darren Sproles type, basically. Yeah, yeah, would be yeah. the prototype. You of know, course. Christian McCaffrey. Amir Abdullah. I mean, Christian we can go McCaffrey's on not in the draft this year. He's yeah. only a sophomore. But, yeah, Amir Abdullah. Those type of guys, that's what I would look for in the draft. Mid, late round, nothing. You don't have to spend a ton of draft capital on a player like that. I like that. Uh, you know, I, I made a big cry for for Purcell last week, and he played fifty one snaps this week. Yeah. He looked good. He too. played a ton. Yeah, and he looked good. Had a uh, positive rating for Pro Football Focus. That's right. And yeah. that uh, that goal line stand, him Woo! and um, Eric Armstead were both in the backfield on that play. And that was that was fun and like horrible at the that same was time. The, remember the against this? Um, was it against the Seahawks or was it against the? What was the big goal line stand where they had to do it twice in the playoffs? Do you remember that? Yeah, that I think was it against, was Seattle, wasn't it? That was it? against the Seahawks. Or maybe it was a Green Bay. Or was it, get, or was it, no, it, was Saint, was it the Saints? Was it in Were the Super Bowl? Were they knocked out Pierre Thomas? It wasn't in the Super Bowl, was it? Why can I not think of what... See, this is where we need live phone lines. Someone calling yeah, or reminding our dumbasses what and game somebody I'm would of. too. And there are people listening right now. They're like, "You guys are so dumb. How are you yeah. not? How are you not remember?" Oh, that's going to drive me crazy now. If you remember, tweet it to us. Let us yeah, know. Give us a tweet. On We're that. not going to look it up. Well, we'll already have f- looked it up by then. <laughs> Whoa! I just said we. I, I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> Do I it, do pause it. The show to I'm going to go back to talking to you Purcell. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's hear more about Purcell. <laughs> he looked good. That's all I got. Oh, okay. No, he did look great, man. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the defense, seven defenders earned plus grades for run defense. I mean, they definitely got in there and they shut down. They even hurt two of the, the Cardinal running backs. Like, they, they looked really solid. The defense, I was very impressed, but I wasn't surprised. I mean, they've, they've got the fourth best home defense, but it's when they go on the road. They're the worst. They're the worst defense in the NFL on the road, and unfortunately three of the next four games are on the road, so it's going to be a brutal next few weeks, I think. I mean, they're giving up 35 points, over 35 points on the road this season. It's not good. They haven't won a road game since November 16th of last year. It's it's not good, man. It's not good. No, they got a lot of these 10 a.m. start times, too. Ooh. It's going to be rough. But, again, I mentioned it earlier. I don't want the team to lose, but, you know, you lose, you see the silver lining. You see the high draft pick, you, you know. Obviously, not going to the playoffs this season. That's That ship has sailed a long, long time ago. Right, right. Keep bringing in these young guys. Keep keep seeing what they can do. Purcell looks like, you know, he we may have something there going forward. I mean, even Tiller. I mean, he didn't have the best grade this last season, but what an upgrade from Debbie, you know. Just keep doing it. Keep keep trying new guys out. Right. Just, uh, incremental upgrades across the board. Yes. And, please. Um, and obviously, it's an, it's it, you're in development mode now, and then the off season, you're going to try to bring in some people through the draft and through free agency, and try to plug some big holes. And, yeah, and um, these guys maybe they're backups, you know, or you know maybe they're back to the practice squad right. next you year. You don't have you to have develop everybody into a Pro Bowl starter, right. right? You can develop really strong backups and role players. Mm-hmm. We just talked with Fooch about guys like Brandon Thomas. For some reason, he always just sticks in my mind. Is well, there a high draft pick? I mean, right. Yeah. Exactly. Is. is there? Yeah. Is he just? Is he done, or is he? Is he's he, young. Is though, he not right? going to be good at all ever? It's like you know, cut him or. It's tough, man. I mean, Eric Peterson's doing much. Put him out there right. for a, for a snap or two. You know, like you then saw. You with lose Tiller. that spot though. You got to dress him. I mean, there's there's all of those problems. But he's not good enough to dress. Why I know. He even, I know. I know. Oh, I know. Especially so with how bad you mentioned it. How bad Pierce is. I right. Mean, ugh. And you don't want to get Gabbert killed. No, you don't. You don't. And he's going to have to probably he'll be he'll be the. Game one starter in 2016, right? Yeah. I Unless mean, I mean, if they draft a, a quarterback top five, you see a lot of guys get pressed into action. I would rather not. See I that. I think it's been shown time and time again. Very few guys are ready for that. Fuchs mentioned it. You know, maybe he starts and this guy gets groomed behind him. Right. I mean, I've got no problem with that. Whoever they draft, right? 
You know, something I want to mention real quick. Um, we mentioned all these penalties and everything. How about some missed penalties? I don't know if you noticed this or not, but there were at least two play clock violations by Arizona that weren't called. The last of which was the touchdown to JJ Nelson. I, I'm looking, and the clock goes to zero, and they haven't snapped it yet. I'm yelling, yeah. I'm yelling at the TV, and I, they don't hear me. Like I said, that when I look back at the officiating, that's like number ten on my list yeah. of things I'm pissed off about. Oh, I, I just, mean, it, it, it's a huge miss, but at the same time, I would rather them miss and not throw a flag almost on everything. All these ticky tack uh, pass interferences mm-hmm. throughout the league. It's it's it makes the game so much less fun to watch when yeah. it's continually stopping, continually stopping. Every single play ends with the wide receiver if it's an incomplete pass. Doing the motion, throwing the well, flag. And, and it's the protection of the quarterback, too. You hear all these greats, all these Hall of Famers are like, I could have thrown for 5,000 yards, too. Like, if I had these, <laughs> well, right. if you couldn't touch me, like, you can't touch these quarterbacks. Yeah, you can't touch the receivers, yeah. and you can't touch the quarterback. Yeah, and, and you can't hit the receivers when they catch it. Right. And you can't hit the quarterback. So, <laughs> if, you know, if all this fails, just chuck it up there and yeah. you probably get a penalty, anyways. Yeah. Keep a drive alive. And which brings me to the next point coming up in December is this repetitive head trauma chokes the brain. The NFL does not want to talk to you. You turned on the lights and gave their biggest boogeyman a name. You're going to war with a corporation that owns a day of the week. <laughs> so that is from the movie Concussion. They do own Sunday. The big trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible name for the movie. Can they not come up with something wittier than Concussion? I know. Well, I mean, it, it tells you what it's about. Yeah, I, mean, I guess there's so. no, you, you know, you, you see these older people looking, oh, what's that movie about? I don't know. What's that movie about? I don't know. Oh, Concussion. What's that about? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think you got that one But that's what out. it's all about. They're... I actually heard that they toned that movie down, that the NFL wouldn't let them release it unless they toned it down. I read that multiple times. How did the NFL have anything to do with letting Well, they're them... using their name and their logo and all of this. Oh, like, they are? Yeah, I'm they, surprised they let I, it happen. I, I believe so. That's that's the uh, the article I read. I, I can't think off right hand, you know, right offhand right now who, who wrote it. But, yeah, it was just that, that the first draft was not the draft that was released, that, that it actually had problems getting a ra- an R rating. And just like over and over, oh, PG-13, man. whatever they got, it, they had a tough time getting it. If the NFL had anything to do with allowing that, I'm surprised it got out, period, because that's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, if you – if you and maybe, you know, the trailers, obviously, they're trying to get you hooked to be like, oh, this is going to be nuts. Maybe there's like a redeeming thing by the NFL right. at, at the end of this movie. Yeah, that, they show how they're donating all this money. Right, and they or show how they've actually healing. been like, okay, yeah. now we see what's going on and we're trying to fix things. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm definitely going to see and it. And this, this call, this penalty goes back to that. When the refs get together in the offseason, they're not talking about anything as much as they're talking about protect yeah. the head of the players, Everyone. especially the quarterbacks. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm all for that. But at the same time, all of these guys know what they're getting themselves into. You know, there's, there's no question, especially today. I mean, maybe 25 years ago it wasn't quite what it is today. You know, guys are, hey, how do you feel? Good, get back out there. You know, there weren't these protocols of going through the, even the, the league's concussion protocol. You know, you got to pass this, you got to pass that, you got to do that. You got a headache today? Sorry, you're out. Right. And, and but nowadays, like all that's in place, you know, and, and it's a serious deal. But it at is. the same time, these guys get paid a lot of money to play a game, and they know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, they're trying to protect them from themselves. But that, even if point. you allowed them to not play the sport, they don't want to not play the sport. They want to. Play Alex the Boone, you heard it in right. the open. He said this is a man's game. Right. You're, you're exactly. Hey, I stopped playing football in high school because I didn't like the way it hurt my body. Like I, <laughs> well, I obviously wasn't a man enough to play football. In and high some school. people like, just get physically broken sooner. Yeah. So to get to this point, you have to be sort of a physically strong person. You have to be able to be resilient, right? And to even get to the college level, even if you're a good player. I mean, for every great player, there's ten guys who couldn't make it. Because They've invested so much of their life to this, and so much of their time that they, you're right. They they have to be protected from themselves, but at the same time. And so, like, we've we've Ugh. seen what? We've seen one person 
Chris Borland. He's yeah. like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I no one's think I'm going to play. They, they were really scared that he was going to be, he was going to open a floodgate or at least a door of people to start walking through. Like, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. I mean, Anthony Davis was more like, ah, I don't really like football. There was whispers of Anthony Davis like, I don't want to get busted for like a, a weed thing or something. So oh, he, really? Yeah, that's what I, I, I mean, that's just a, a stupid rumor, but. So like Fox Sports lot, reported it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fox News. Wait, I mean. That would be, uh, that would make a lot of sense. I mean, He's like, oh, you know what? Dang, I just, you know, if I'm not in the league, they can't bust me for whatever I just Surprised did. I didn't get leaked by Jed York yeah, or something. Exactly. Maybe it did. Maybe that's where you heard it from. <laughs> but uh, who knows? It's funny because the first time you get hit for, um, for a pot or anything like that, mm-hmm. you don't, the, you the just fans the program, don't hear right? about it. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's like a silent portion of the program. Oh, pro- so maybe this was like, like number two or You something? have to get hit for the second one. Like Martavis uh-huh. Bryant, when he, he got suspended for four games, he actually – you didn't hear about it until later that he got hit at the combine, which is why he dropped oh. in the draft, which makes more sense now when you think yes. about it. He should have – shadow 49er, by the way. He should have been drafted <laughs> a lot higher right? Um, talent-wise, but you know, not only did – he get busted for pot, but so I was like, "You dumbass! You had to not smoke pot for this two months. Yeah, and you couldn't, and you do, couldn't it. do it. Yeah. That's not a good and sign." And so he didn't get suspended until he got hit again. So he, yeah, he's part, you're part of the program, but those things aren't released at first. All right, I mean, there was something I liked during the the game against the Cardinals. Uh, Rondé Barber said it at one point. Not the biggest fan of Rondé Barber and that his team. I, that a bad team. team. I don't love. They no. obviously get the the worst. Uh, uh, announcing crew. They get the 49ers. Yeah. So they get the worst ref crew and they get the... <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> oh, no. But he said, it, it was like, I think early in the third quarter when the Niners were driving and looking good, he said, this is how an offense is supposed to look. And I felt that. I was like, yeah, he's right. You know, with Gabber or with, uh, with Kaepernick, we didn't see that an awful lot. You know, we saw it in some garbage time here and there, but with Gabbard, I felt like, you know, he was stepping up in the pocket. He was delivering throws down the field. He was hitting his tight ends. Bolden had eight catches for 93 yards. You know, that, that's your number one receiver. That's what's supposed to happen. Hit Torrey Smith on a nice, uh, you know, long route. It, it wasn't perfect, but it looked like football. Right. Yeah. Give, giving his guys a chance to make a play on the ball. Sure. Um, and he threw the bad interception, but he, he at least threw it. He took a shot, you know? Yeah, he took a shot. It was a downfield throw. Yeah. It actually looked a lot like Kaepernick's weird interception against the Cardinals. Yeah, it kind of did, one, actually. The, That's One of his four interceptions, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so let's look ahead to the to the Bears. Yeah, Bears offense, uh, not not great, you know? They're 20th in yards, 24th in points. I mean, you compare that to the Niners, last and last. But uh, their defense is, is really good against the pass, second against the pass, but... They're actually 29th against the rush, so it comes out to like 14th right in the middle. So, again, not great. And I feel like, if anything, uh, that the Niners, they should have an advantage against Fangio, right? I mean, they know that defense that he's running. Yeah, it's it's hard to say who has the bigger advantage in that situation. You think that the Niners would? Well, I think whoever's the better coordinator has the better advantage, right? (laughs) I think whatever the better team is has the advantage. So you might be, I mean, and Fangio looks like that scheme's sort of finally been, you know, it looks like they're they're finally starting to get it there. They're they're five and three over their last eight games. They started zero and three on the season, Mm -hmm. Um, so they're sort of inching their way up. You obviously. Uh, the Thanksgiving game, they they shut down Aaron Rodgers pretty Impressive. well. Although yeah. the 49ers did too. Yeah. I had to remind some people on Twitter that. I was like, hey, the 49ers held Aaron Rodgers to 17. Yeah. But they just couldn't score. The Packers so, haven't been that good this season. Everyone, no. You, you know, you see the Packer name and you think of the last four or five years. But, yeah, you're right. Not that good. But, obviously, I mean, you said it. Vic Fangio. That's yeah. that's the big thing. That's um, the story, of course. You know, he, he was... Uh, over Harbaugh because Harbs was an offensive guy. I, this is why I had him as my number one. I remember. remember this is uh, week or episode one episode of our show. One. We had a biggest big losses, of, biggest losses in the offseason. I had Vic Fangio number one, mm-hmm. and um, but it was the D that was really carrying the 49ers, and it was largely the same cast of players from 2010 to 2011 when that group became one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. And uh, I, 
with all the changeover and all the personnel changeover and the coaching, I, I thought that if you had Fangio and you could you could really keep that defense, the whole idea of everything that was going on in that defense as much intact as you could, I think that would have been so beneficial to this 49ers team, even if you Couldn't changed head more. coach and changed the offense yeah. around. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to see what Fangio's defense looks like. We're going to see Ooh. what Adam Gase's offense looks like. Mm-hmm. That could have been our tandem. That Shadow been... 49ers right there? Oh, yeah. If I don't do that mock offseason. I only do the draft. Oh, okay, all right. I only just draft when the 49ers are on the on the clock. I'm on the clock. But I sh- I absolutely was I was excited when they said Adam Gase is coming to the 49ers. It was reported like this is pretty much yeah. a done deal. Mm-hmm. Fangio was going to be the D.C. And wow. How things changed. Right. And uh, also this week was my number four on the biggest games of the season because of that That's very right. reason. Yeah. Fangio Gay. So I'm going to be really interested to see what that team looks like on offense and defense. But you're, that's a great question. Who has the advantage there? I feel there? like the Niners should, right? They know the defense. The Niners have a different defense, different offense. And they have a lot of different players. Yeah. So it's not like he knows exactly what's going on with the players yeah. and, and the scheme. I mean, who was around on that offense and weapons-wise last year for him? Bolden. That's it. Right? And it's not like he's going to go after Joe Staley. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex Boone? You're going to go after yeah, him? Yeah, that's not going to be part of the guess- game plan, really. If you know, with pairs on the other side. So, yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I, I guess think... Gabbert was around, and he would be going up against the number one defense on the scout team last year. So I guess I guess he's got right. that. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so there, there's an advantage for Fangio. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out a way for the Niners to win this football but game. But I think you're right. If if And and Chris was there, so Chris yeah. has been going up against Fangio's defense in practice, and so he knows exactly what's going on right? there. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. On paper, it looks like I think the 49ers would have that advantage, but I just think – Fangio is probably a better coach than Jeep Chris. If that's what I, you're doing, head I'd up. be willing to put money on that. If there was some <laughs> sort of way we could bet and if figure that out, that. Uh, yeah, I think you I think you nailed that. Uh, actually, there's an ESPN article uh, just before we got on the air. I saw it posted on ESPN. Fangio reflects on the 49ers' decision to bypass him, and, and uh, he said, "Quote: I just look back on the four years with the 49ers with really good memories." We had a nice run there, go to a Super Bowl, got to three championship games, won a lot of football games over a four-year period. I've just always accepted their decision. It's their team. They do with it what they want. Good for so, him. Yeah, yeah, that's the right Kind of took the high road. Yeah. I'm sure deep down he was pissed. Oh, absolutely. Especially How at the time. could you not be? Yeah. You, but hey, you've been this, with them. it actually, if the 49ers defense just would have stayed or just gotten a little bit worse with the personnel losses, mm-hmm. I think his career wouldn't look as good as it does that's now. He call. comes and turns another defense around. People are going to be calling him for head coaching, at least interviews, I, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, if he stays with the 49ers, they lose all these guys and they look like they do right now. Yeah. You're probably right. Everyone's like, wow, it was all hardball. Right. So you maybe know, but right now, being, it's yeah. the man, the myth, the legend, Vic Fangio. Be interesting. Actually, yep. well, let's let's bring on our next guest. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more Bears with Ryan Covey. All right, he is the NFL analyst for KMBR 680 right here in San Francisco. Follow him at Ryan Covey. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, guys, my pleasure. Anytime I can talk football, you know the number. I'm ready. Yeah, Ryan, huge Bears fan as well. Here in Niner country, Ryan, very familiar with Chicago's defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. We were displeased when he left. He, you know, he was... He was fantastic. Looks like he's actually stopped the bleeding for your unit. Bears, of course, finished 30th in yards allowed a year ago, 31st in points. Now they're 14th in yards, 21st in points. He's he's bringing this unit in the right direction. Do you do you credit Fangio and his schemes, or is it more talent health situation that's led to this? Uh, no, it, it, I mean it, it's a combination of a lot of things in Chicago right now. But you have to give a lot of credit to Vic Fangio. I mean, let's face it, this is a guy that. The 49ers could have, and I think yeah. should have hired as their next head coach. Oh yeah, and uh, you know this isn't a slight to Jim Tom Sula. 
Jim Tom Sewell is a hell of a coordinator, okay, but I don't know that he necessarily has the chops to be a successful head coach. Vic Fangio, on the other hand, I mean, the guy, uh, I love his scheme. Um, when the Bears, the Bears obviously coming off their biggest win in quite some time on Thursday night when they beat the Packers, and I had a couple of people, obviously, uh, you know, big 49ers fans tell me, hey, look, Vic Fangio has the book on Aaron Rodgers. And I thought about it. I was like, man, that's a really great point. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of success against Rodgers. And sure enough, they drew up a game plan that was uh, that, that got the job done against a, a pa- the Packers in a game that they really needed. So Fangio's done a really nice job. Uh, Lamar Houston has come back from injury. We all remember the way Lamar Houston got injured last year, jumping up and celebrating a sack of Tom Brutal. Brady when they were getting blown out by 40 points. So <laughs> not the best look. Not the best look. But Lamar Houston's come back, had a great year, uh, per Nell McPhee, their big free agent signing, he's done a nice job. The problem is the Bears had a 4-3 for so many years, and then now switching over to Fangio's 3-4, you know, the question is, do you have the right personnel? Well, a guy like Shea McClellan, they drafted out of Boise State a couple of years ago, he never really had a home, kind of too small to be an outside line, or kind of too small to be a defensive end, but not great as as an outside linebacker in a 4-3 get him on the outside in a 3-4, well, now all of a sudden that's, that's a good role for him. He can play inside. He can play outside. So it's, it's just guys kind of finding their way. Tracy Porter has come over. You know, we all remember Tracy Porter bringing that big uh, pick six back in the Super Bowl for the Saints. That's the same Tracy Porter. He's having a nice year. So it's really been a combination of things. Um, I give a lot of credit to John Fox coming in. We know him coming over from Denver. Adam Gase. Um, these guys, you know, they, they, have, they, they know how to win football games. And I know it sounds simplistic, but that's just the bottom line. And they've come and brought a level of professionalism back to this Bears team that was solely lacking under Mark Trestman. I mean, really, ever since Lovey Smith left. And I was not a proponent of, of the Bears firing Lovey Smith, um, especially to bring in a guy like Trestman. And uh, really, you know, things really unraveled for the Bears last year. So I give a lot of credit to Fangio, credit to the players, credit to John Fox. I mean, they've got this thing turned around. And uh, GM Ryan Pace has made some nice moves, too. Like I said, bringing in Pernell McPhee, that's a big-time signing. That dude, that's a player right there. Hey, Ryan, you know, you mentioned uh, basically getting or holding uh, Aaron Rodgers in check back on Thanksgiving. You think the defense is right now just sort of licking its chops with the thought of hosting the worst offense in the league this weekend? Yeah, I mean, look, it, the, the Bears can't really – I don't think the Bears are in a position to quote-unquote lick their chops against anybody. I mean, they just haven't put it together for a long enough period. I mean, let's face it, the team's 5-6 and six right now. And they've given away a couple of games. They had the, the Lions game a couple of weeks ago. They probably should have won that. Defense let down in that game a little bit. Uh, the Vikings game – they had that game. They basically snatched defeat from the jaws of victory in that game. Um, <laughs> not so much on the off, or not so much on the defense in the Broncos game they lost recently. But still, uh, definitely, still a lot of, of work to be done. So this is a chance this Sunday for the Bears to get to 500, kind of be at least in the hunt down the stretch. Which for a Bears fan at this point, it's all we can ask for. You know, honestly, I I kind of like what we've seen out of Blaine Gabbert. I mean, I know it, it's it's not playoff caliber quarterbacking, I realize that. I mean, you know, the point totals, they are 13, 17, and then 13 points. He's not exactly lighting up the scoreboard, but at the same time, hey, it's better than cap, right? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Hey, Ryan, <laughs> great to hear you on the leader more and more. Yeah, right on. Little, Thank you. A little more airtime now with some of those hosts taking holiday vacations, That's it looks right. like. So, uh, your it. passion for sports really jumps through the speaker, so I wanted well, to say that you. first hey, of all. I mean, it's, it, I, I absolutely love sports. I love broadcasting. I mean, it's something I wanted to do ever since I was a, a, a little kid. And, you know, working here at KMBR, I started out as an intern. 
uh, you know, working my way up. And obviously, I've been producing for Ray Woodson for a number of years now. Ray's a great guy. Um, letting me fill in for him when he's out, uh, you know, and supporting that, going to bat for me with management, which I really appreciate. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously in a place like this, there's a lot of politics. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of factors in play. So just to get the opportunity to even fill in, I mean, that's me living my dream for a day. So uh, it, it's obviously a golden opportunity. Plus, P- uh, Patrick Connor, old Pecon, who that's you right. can catch on the morning show uh, with Murph and Mac. Uh, him and I have been doing the sports saloon. This is our actually our fifth year of doing our Saturday morning football show. So Pecan and I have a lot of fun doing that show. We've gotten uh, to go to the Army Navy game, and I mean the kind of access you get at KNBR. I mean it's it's really extraordinary. You know, having press passes, and I mean it, you know I'm I'm a sports fan. You know what I mean? This is this is what I love. I'd be I'd be watching these games and following these teams mm-hmm. anyway. So it's kind of fun getting paid for it and to be able to <laughs> right. talk about it on the radio in that. the Bay Area. Exactly, exactly. That's why I'm back in the radio biz too. It's too too fun to talk about sports. Why would you not want to do that for a living, right? Right. Yeah, no, and you're regarded highly around here. Both of you guys are, so don't worry. Oh, yeah. That's so I got sweet. a lot of friends still there, which is which is good to say. Uh, yeah. I, I remember breaking in actually over there working with Pecan quite a bit. Uh, he's <laughs> he's an interesting guy. Yes, uh, he And is. big time with his college football, too. Oh, yeah. I, I won't even try, and uh, as far as, like, personnel, things like that, I won't even try and go head up with him on those kind of things. I'm just there to support support him, you know, maybe loan a, a, a fresh perspective on a topic or two, handle the scoreboard updates. And, I mean, we, we do have fun on Saturday mornings. It's, uh, you know, we, we've been doing it long enough now where everybody kind of knows their role. And, it's it, I mean, it's a lot of fun. We're talking about football. And, <laughs> guy, it, it, how, how great is the NFL and, and college football? And, I mean, seriously, every year – it just seems like there's just more and more captivating storylines. And now that NFL has really crossed over into popular culture, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. And, and that's why we do this. And, uh, and that's why I, I feel like even though I quote-unquote go to work, I don't work. I mean, we, what do we do? <laughs> We're talking about sports. Like, this isn't work. You know, right. I go to work in shorts and flip-flops and get on the air and, and chat with Hey, guys. that's me right now. Yeah, <laughs> I wish you could see Nick right now with his, his shorts and flip-flops look. He's solid. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. He's a very fashionable man. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He doesn't do long pants. He says his legs yeah. aren't right for long pants. Yeah. Can't hide these calves, you know? Got to show them to the world. Uh, in the winter, I wear a lot of shorts. In the wintertime, though, I have a fine collection of Adidas tracksuits. I basically look like like a like a, a, a hitman for the mob yes. back in the Sopranos or something. Um, I've got multicolored uh, Adidas jumpsuits, and that's basically my uniform when I go to work well, every nice. day. Well, being in the Bay Area, maybe they'll have a Jim Tom Sula Levi's uh, jumpsuit collection coming up next yeah, year. That's not a bad around. idea. Maybe something like a nice denim jumpsuit. Get on my Canadian tuxedo. There you go. Coming to a Walmart near Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go full denim Dan on him. <laughs> All right. Hey, getting back to the Chicago Bears. Look, sure. not only yeah. was Vic Fangio bypassed by the 49ers, there was a scenario where Adam Gase could have been the head coach, sure. and he wanted to bring back Fangio. And part of the hubbub there was that the 49ers wanted him to use Jim Tom Sula as the defensive coordinator, and he wanted Fangio. Uh, what, right. what are 49ers fans missing out with Adam Gase? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, this guy, he is absolutely going to be a head coach probably as soon as next season. I mean, he's going to be at the top of many wish lists. Now, I respect the job that John Fox has done. John Fox is a veteran coach, been around the game a long time. Having said that, boy, I'd be, I, I would almost say, hey, look, if it's Gase has to go or Fox, I'd say, 
promote Gase to the head coaching job. I mean, that's how wow. strongly I believe in him, his offensive philosophy. I mean, he's taking a guy, Jay Cutler. Let's face it. Let's take aside all the, the things we hear about Jay, kind of the, the sourpuss look, and maybe, you know, hasn't always been regarded as the best teammate. That guy has a ton of talent, okay? But it's just a matter of getting the most out of him, um, you know, having some continuity around him, um, some some decent play calling, and he has all that and more with Adam Gase. Gase has such a such a keen grasp on what it takes to be successful in the NFL, just how to matriculate the ball down the field, the right play call at the right time, how to inspire guys, plugging guys in in positions to be successful. I mean, Gase, 100% head coaching material, probably should be a head coach right now, and the fact that teams around the league did not hire him actually ended up being a huge gain for the Bears. And, you know, I, I honestly believe this will probably be his only year in Chicago because he'll be a head coach come next year. I, I believe that 100%. Not good news for 49ers fans who, you know, thinking maybe uh, Jed oh. and Trent might have swung and missed a couple hey, times. Hey, maybe they'll bring him in, uh, you know. Well, hey, no, yeah, they, yeah, they, they might they, have an they, opening, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> I doubt he's going to be uh, yeah. too thrilled with coming back to that idea. No, and my, you know what? My, my disappointment with the way the 49ers have handled so much is uh, – has been well documented. I mean, I haven't minced words, and I, it, it really is a disappointment. And I think Jed York has done a disservice to to the fan base, and I mean to the to the to the team. It's it's unfortunate what's happened, and he's he's allowed personal feelings to get in the way of winning football games. I mean, we saw that. I mean, Jim Harbaugh was a winner, and you're opening a new stadium. What do you want to do? You want to win football games. Right. That can justify personal seat licenses, things of that nature. And it just it hasn't worked out. And honestly, I mean, you, you reap what you sow. I, I tweeted out, I don't know, several months ago, Jed York, classic example of a guy that was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. I mean, <laughs> to me, that's, that's Jed York in a nutshell. I mean, yeah, he's you know, I respect him. I would never begrudge somebody for being born into a, you know, a successful right. lineage. I mean, hey, that's great. You're a York. Dude, I'm stoked for you. Now, let the football people make the football decisions. And he hasn't done that. And honestly, I think a lot of this is on Trent Baalke. I mean, you look at his drafts the last couple of years. Where are the Pro Bowl players? Where are the home run hitters? I mean, they, they've, they, they thought, oh, well, we have this. You know, we have so much talent on this team. You know, back when it was Justin Smith, Patrick Willis, Frank Gore, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they took flyers on guys. They took risks in the draft instead of year in and year out drafting guys that would eventually become starters. Now, you look at the draft the last few years, were they going to take another safety in the first right. round this year? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, 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 there's no rhyme or reason to who they're drafting. And, it, frankly, the results are not happening on the field. And that's, that's the, the clearest indicator. I mean, the, the 49ers, you look at this roster top to bottom, what is there, maybe one, two Pro Bowlers on their if top? That. I mean, Staley and an aging Anquan Bolden? Right. I mean, Carlos Hyde, possibly, but the guy can't stay on the field. I mean, it really is. It, it's, it, it's, it must suck to be Niners fans right now. I, I, I can tell you that. You know, Ryan, you mentioned uh, that tweet about York. Uh, I don't know if you saw Rob Schneider's tweet on Sunday. Dear, dear Mr. York, I hope you've had fun playing GM for your mom's 49ers. It's not much fun for us. Please resign. I loved it. Oh, that's great. And then I guess there was the uh, the, the plane flying over the stadium yeah. over the weekend with a, oh, a yeah. nice candid message for Jed. I mean, <laughs> again, though, it, it's – look, they moved to Levi Stadium, okay, and this is a team coming off of three straight NFC title games. You were a couple of yards away from a Super Bowl championship. 
clearly a team with you know had had refound that winning culture that that 49ers tradition the 49ers way and then you got Jed York coming out oh we want to win with class and oh we're going to run Jim Harbaugh out of town and I mean I know this is stuff we've already been over uh, you know I know Harbaugh leaving is old news but it just speaks to the bigger issue and and that's Jed York again letting personal feelings cloud what he needs to be focused on and that's getting people in here that can run a football team mm-hmm. the right way and I think Jim Tom Sula is a hell of a coordinator okay but he's in over his skis as a head coach and I firmly believe that well it's a huge bummer because I mean not Jed York's sort of been running the team like you know he's in high school is a lot of uh very <laughs> right. childish things you know the the whisper campaigns and yeah. all um and, and cheap shots and the leaks but when you consider what they can do now you know, Adam Gase sort of got burned, and, and I, there, there, were, there was talk that maybe he would have taken another head coaching job, but he was kind of invested in the 49ers at some point, right. and they were deep in talks, so he might have already been a head coach sure. somewhere. So, you know, he's sure. not going to come back even if they offered the job. Um, Vic Fangio, probably the same. Done. And, yeah, yeah and and I mean, let's face it, though. Money talks, guys, but you're, you're probably <laughs> yeah. 100% correct with you're that. You're true. Uh, yeah, that, that's very true. And Tom Sula, you know, ideally you'd want to have him as a coordinator. Or he's yeah. a really great defensive line coach. But you can't, sure. even if you fire him, you're not going to be like, oh, but you can come back as D-line coach. Yeah, you'd be like, like a huge demotion you. after your huge promotion? So now come you on. just miss out on all of it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's probably, and, and uh, again, I'm speculating a little bit, but I, I would think that after this season – uh, it's going to be time for some serious house cleaning. And it all starts with getting a franchise quarterback, which clearly the 49ers don't have right now. And you right. look at the teams around the league that are winning games, winning playoff games. They have that guy, that go-to guy. And it's not Colin Kaepernick, obviously. Colin Kaepernick will never play another down for the 49ers again. Um, he's out of here. Right. And it's definitely not Blaine Gabbard. It's not Dylan Thompson. I don't know. Jared Goff? We'll BLT. See. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sold on golf. I mean, uh, we'll you know we'll have to see how it plays out. Obviously, uh, success in college versus how it translates to the pros. We've seen that can kind of be a hit or miss thing. Right. Um, they already kind of passed up on this Cal quarterback a few years ago. Uh, some guy named Aaron Rodgers. We don't talk about that here on the show. <laughs> I don't know yeah, who you're talking so, about. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I think they might be kind of stoked to have uh, maybe had him, but I know that's looking back quite a ways, but. It's just it's it's a pattern of poor decision making, and let's face it, there's thirty two head coaching jobs in the NFL. They are coveted jobs, but really, I mean, who would want to come into this situation? Yeah. I mean, you have Trent Baalke, probably one of the least likable guys around. I mean, the, the guy, it's like I, I don't know that he's ever smiled, saw anything he liked, I and mean, he's just kind of a this is just a, a just kind of a, a bore. And yeah, okay, <laughs> right. so so you say, oh, he's a, a, an X's and O's guy. He's a tactician. Okay, well, where's the diamonds in the rough? Where's right. the gems? You know, I don't I don't see that either. So I'm I'm failing to understand just exactly what these guys are doing. I don't know the the direction of the team. And uh, for uh, to shift back to the Bears for a second, it's actually refreshing having a a a core of coaches and a GM uh, and Ryan Pace that that we believe in and that seems to have the team headed in the right direction. And as fans, you know, when your team's down, that's all you can really hope for is a guy, you know, something to believe in, something to hang your hat on. And as a Niners fan, what can you hang your hat on right now? Nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's tough. And he's been a little bit, with Trent Baalke, he's been a little bit um, arrogant almost. Like, he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I know what's going on. Right. And for a while you're thinking, okay, this guy's got it down. There's all this depth, and you expected these guys to step up, those guys that he drafted when they got the Those chance, now progress. have not stepped up, and also there, you know, there was a thing about the AJ Jenkins draft where he said he had it written down on a piece of paper the night before he knew he was going to draft, yeah. 
And I don't know if the guy he wrote down on the paper got taken in front of him or if it was A.J. Jenkins, but oh my lord. If it was, whoops. So, I mean, all that said, back to the Bears real quick. Um, you mentioned Jay Cutler earlier, and I just wanted to where, – where does Jay Cutler stand in Chicago? Is that still – is he still kind of the guy? It's always kind of seemed like maybe he wouldn't be the guy anymore. you got a free agent to be, if I'm not uh, mistaken, in Matt Forte. Jeremy yeah. Langford has looked pretty good stepping up. Um, yeah. Has he shown enough that Forte is expendable, or do you expect Forte back in Chicago in 2016 with Jay Cutler? Well, here's the deal. The, the Bears are going to have a couple of really big decisions to make. Now, Jay Cutler is having a career year. When John Fox and company came in, I mean, you remember late last year, the Bears actually benched Jay Cutler in favor of Jimmy Clausen. Cutler was making poor decisions. He was turning the football over. Guys weren't happy, et cetera. This year, Jay Cutler's having a career year. He finally has a coordinator that he's vibed with, and the results are showing on the field. Jay Cutler's playing some of his best football of the year, and he actually got injured in the Arizona game. So he actually, from weeks four, five, and six, he was pretty banged up. And Jay, with the exception of the Broncos game, which he was, I thought, pretty poor, um, the the guys played some great football this year. Uh, I fully expect Cutler to be back as the starter next year. With Matt Forte, hey, look, Forte's 30. Um, you know, he's been a great Chicago Bear. I love Matt Forte, the guy, a dual threat, uh, set the record for pass receptions by a halfback last year. I mean, the guy can do it all. Having said that, we know how it goes for running backs. 30, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the, the curtain's closing. Um, would I love to see Forte back? Yeah, but I, I tend to believe there's a lot of teams out there that would pay Matt Forte, probably overpay for a guy like Forte. Um, you know, and when you have Jeremy Lankford coming up the ranks, I watched Jeremy Lankford in the San Diego game. I was there live. That kid is lightning quick. And now, you know, I understand that's a small sample size. Um, you know, a lot of teams don't have a lot of film on him. And once they do, it'll be incumbent upon Langford to kind of readjust. And, you know, running between the tackles, I'm not so sure that he can pound it the way a guy like Forte can. But seeing Langford come on the way he has does tend to make you think maybe the Bears might move away from Forte. Because Forte will want, and rightfully so, a payday. And I don't know if the Bears are going to be willing to do it. They're kind of going to have a, uh, have a similar situation with Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, Jeffrey is obviously a, an enormously talented receiver, um, but he's had some injury trouble. And keep in mind, the Bears drafted Kevin White in the right. first round this year. He's been injured all year, kid out of West Virginia. He's supposed to be the real deal. Okay, now it goes, you know, we'll have to see because he hasn't played a single down in the NFL. They're hoping to get him out there this year uh, before the season ends, um, and then we'll see what they have because they need to either need to pay Forte or Jeffrey. I don't think they can bring them both back. Um, at this point, I would say probably they'll bring back Alshon. It may be Matt Forte. His time with Chicago might be coming to an end. But Jay Cutler, I fully expect Jay Cutler to be back in Chicago next year. He's the NFL analyst for KMBR 680 in San Francisco. Follow him on Twitter, at Ryan Covey. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, you got it, man. I'll actually be uh, in Chicago on Sunday. I'll be on the sideline for Bears Niners. I'm running the parabolic mic. Uh, my buddy Mike Holler here at KMBR, the executive producer of uh, – 49ers uh, radio broadcast got me the hookup. Nice. I'm doing the job, so I'll be down on the field this Sunday. So I'll have a very unique perspective and vantage point for that game. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And yes, I will be bundling up. I know I will freeze my little hiney <laughs> off in Chicago. But hey, guys, seriously, I love the podcast. You guys do a great job. You guys obviously uh, know your stuff. And uh, hey, I really appreciate you having me on. It's a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. It's great having you on, Ryan. Say hi to the guys. Ray, Pecan, Mike, Primetime, Thin Tim, all the dudes over there at KMBR. And uh, we'll be looking out for you on the sideline. For sure. Right on, brother. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've been told I need to look out for myself 
himself on the sidelines. Head on a swivel, guys. Yeah, that's right. As always. Right, yep. yeah. You don't want to be in uh, Concussion, the movie part two. Yeah, exactly. And, and hey, Nick, in our fantasy football league, uh, you're, uh, I got a bad feeling, dude. Either Uh-oh. you or I is going home this Sunday. It's not I me, I don't know buddy. who it's going to be. It's not yeah, me. I don't know Good luck. I don't know if there's room for both of us in the playoffs this year. <laughs> All hey. right, fellas. Keep it easy. We'll see you. All right, see you, man. All right, boys. I am the defending champion of the Fantasy Football League, in case you're wondering. Are you? Wow. Talking fantasy. Are we going to, yeah. Are we going to hear this when it comes time to the playoffs? Nicholas Winkler, <laughs> come on. He's just, down. you always got to find a way to sneak that yeah, in. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's, nothing it's actually quarterback punk is how I go by <laughs> with a nice picture of uh, Johnny Utah from Point Break. Oh, okay, nice. Very well, pissed that they made a remake of that movie, oh, by the way. Geez. Stop Will remaking everything. Yeah. We've got another Rocky movie. Yeah, we've got. Obviously, but that's a, that's not a remake though. That's just like well, that's, that's just, the next yeah, yeah. one. That's yeah, just the next one. And it's the same with uh, the Star Wars that people are going crazy about. And I'm yeah. not. I'm like I. I it. love the original Star Wars, yeah. and the last three don't make me have a lot of confidence. I like the third the of that bunch. Amazing. The last one, mm-hmm. or yeah, the third overall. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, the first two were like meh. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I, and, Empire Strikes Back is the best, right? Oh, sh- no absolutely. Doubt. No doubt. Get it got all I, I love them all. And, yeah. Because yeah. Empire Strikes Back can't be the best if the others didn't. You know, it has yeah. to all be together. You're right. It's like, you know, the 49ers when they won their third championship. Yeah. It, the first two need, need yeah. to happen. They need <laughs> yeah. to be great for the third. Yeah, the, I, I get it. The first part of the back-to-back, there's no back-to-back yeah. if you didn't win that the other one. That fifth one was wonderful, too. Oh, that yeah, was amazing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Monkey the off the one back. Was great. That sixth, though. That's going to be killer. That'll be sweet. Next year. <laughs> Woo! 2016. <laughs> Flame Gabbert. Oh, man. That home Super Bowl, that just that fell flat in a hurry, didn't it? <laughs> that's, wait, wait. That's not happening? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. We're just retooling, dude. It's fine. Oh, my it's gosh. Fine. All right. We're getting weird. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Good idea. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Ryan Covey of KMBR and David Ficillo of Niners Nation for joining us on the show. You can find us on Twitter. Nick at Bay Area Wink. You can find me at BD Peacock. iTunes, subscribe, review the show. Instagram at Gold Faithful Podcast. Email goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. Call us on the phone. Leave us a message. Leave us a rant or a text. 415-858-0094. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. See ya.